You hear that? You hear that? That is the sound of me tearing up my plan for today's Mike Parsons project because just minutes before I was to hit record on today's podcast, Congressman George Santos had to go and get himself arrested. Uh, For those unfamiliar with George Santos, he is the uh, New York congressman, freshman New York congressman, uh, who has been caught in multiple lies uh, since he's been elected. He spun a lot of tall tales on the campaign trail, uh, such as where he went to college, going to college at all. Um, There's actually no record that he went to college. Uh, But if he did go to college in his fantasy world, he lied about being a star volleyball player in college. And and those were the least of his lies. He also said on the campaign trail that he was a successful uh, Wall Street finance whiz working at both Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, which he did not. Lied about being uh, a high-ranking official at multiple other jobs that he did not hold. Uh, He lied about his ethnicity. He said that he was a Jewish grandson of Holocaust survivors. Turns out he's not even Jewish. Uh, Although when he was asked uh, about lying about being Jewish, he said, Oh, I'm (laughs) Jewish. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish, not Jewish. I'm Jewish. I'm kind of, I've got characteristics of Jewish people, but I'm not Jewish. Um, He also said that his mom was inside the World Trade Center on 9-11, uh, when all records show that uh, she had been living in Brazil since 1999. And, of course, the worst one, this fake animal charity uh, that he founded. And if you remember, um, right after he got elected, there was this uh, veteran whose dog needed surgery. And he never got the money for the surgery. And the dog passed away. So um, it, it seems like Republicans in Congress, and rightly so, have been trying to get rid of this guy uh, since he first uh, got elected. I think Mitt Romney even talked some uh, trash to him at the State of the Union uh, when he tried to go up and shake uh, Mitt Romney's hand, who I believe he's now a senator from Utah, not a congressman himself. Okay, so what did George Santos get arrested for? Well, he had been uh, being investigated— Uh, for uh, campaign finance fraud, lying about how much money he made on a disclosure form. And uh, he also loaned out uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars to his own campaign. So good old George Santos. He uh, looks like he's not long for Congress. And uh, like I said, I I feel like um, they've been trying to um, get rid of him in Congress since he got elected because he was caught in a lot of lies. And although um, lying seems to be a prerequisite to be elected to public office, you got to be better about it. And it's really hard um, to get rid of an elected official, even though uh, they did it down in Tennessee um, with those three lawmakers, uh, two lawmakers, I'm sorry, three lawmakers were, were, were up for being removed, but only two were removed. Um, for protesting on the uh, House floor uh, against gun violence after the shooting in Nashville. They were reinstated. Of course, um, the transgender congresswoman, whose name is Zoe Zephyr, uh, she had been silenced in the Montana State House. Uh, But there's different rules for federally elected 
Congress people, and so they haven't been able to get George Santos out, but but they've been working on it, and and rightly so, they should have. Um, and if somehow he survives this, which I don't think he he will, he doesn't have Trump's legal team. If he uh, if, if he survives this, I, I think he's going to be just a one-term congressman uh, because even even uh, even the Republicans want him out. The Republicans from his own state. Kevin McCarthy is playing the hem and haw game. That's because uh, Kevin McCarthy is a feckless, weak House leader, and he needs George Santos's votes. And there's no guarantee that the person um, replacing George Santos is going to be a Republican. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm pretty sure the guy's going down, and if he is brought up on federal charges, then he can be impeached, and this whole George Santos um, S-word show will be over. Um, And, of course, the other big news that came out yesterday is that a New York jury found Donald Trump liable for sexual assault and defamation uh, against E. Jean Carroll, an advice columnist who accused him of, of raping her, sexually assaulting her in a New York department store back in 1996. Now, um, the details of the settlement are a little bit murky. Um, she got $5 million. Originally, Donald Trump was on the hook for $2 million, even though um, Eugene Carroll's legal team didn't officially ask for any money. The, the original penalty for Donald Trump if found guilty was $2 million, and he's forced to pay out $5 million. And it, it's weird, because this one seemed to kind of fly under the radar. And maybe it's because it was a civil, it, it was a civil suit and not um, criminal. You know, Donald Trump's, uh, we talk about uh, the uh, being indicted for uh, paying the hush money out of his campaign fund to Stormy Daniels to keep their um, uh, affair a secret. The Georgia election, Mar-a-Lago, uh, January 6th. So this, this civil suit kind of flew under the radar. And the, the amazing thing about this is Trump's legal team didn't even show up. Donald Trump did a video de- deposition, which... Um, I, I don't know if that is 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 what completely sank him because there was two weeks of testimonial from E. Jean Carroll. Um, there were uh, friends and family of hers who testified. There were past accusers of Donald Trump that testified. Um, there was two weeks of testimony and, and, and evidence. Um, but, of course, everyone's talking about his video deposition where, A, his main... Um, his main defense was this woman's not my type, which just shows you how much this guy doesn't get it. Um, you know, often sexual assault's not about attraction. It's about power and it's about, um, people feeling entitled to access and, and, and treat people and violate people the, the way they want to because they're stars. Um, there was a picture, he, he was showing a picture of, of him and E. Jean Carroll back in the 90s, which poked holes in his defense, saying he doesn't even know who the woman is. Um, and then when he looked at the picture, he mistook E. Jean Carroll for Marla Maples, his wife at the time, 
which blew up the whole argument that this woman is, is, is not his type, which I think should be beside the point. But I think they were trying to establish a pattern of, of dishonesty. Um, and the other thing that, that really kind of damned him in the, the video deposition is him is uh, the lawyer brought up the Access Hollywood tape with Billy Bush where um, he's caught on a hot mic saying that uh, um, when you're a star, you can do anything you want to women. Uh, you can grab them by the P word. And the lawyer in the, deposi- the, the, the deposition video said, do you consider yourself a star? And Donald Trump said, well, yeah, I guess you could say that, which is true. He, he is a star. Whether you like him or you dislike him, he's one of the most famous people in the world. And at the time, um, he said that uh, even before he ran for president, he was one of the most recognizable faces in the world. And so she said, do you, do you believe that, that if you are a star, you can grab women uh, and do whatever you want? And he said, well, yeah, uh, going back millions of years, I, I don't know who the biggest star in the world was millions of years ago, but I guess back then he was a creep as well. And he said, going back uh, millions of years, um, that seems to be the case, unfortunately. And then fortunately, is a very cringe moment. And uh, like I said, I don't know if that <laughs> made jurors go from on the fence to, yeah, this guy is a predatory POS, and he he definitely um, uh, sexually assaulted this woman in the department store. Um, but 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 it definitely was the icing on the cake. Now, to be fair, I, I don't know if I said this earlier in the podcast. He was cleared of the rape charge. And his lawyer, Joe Tacopino, who definitely looks like, um, you know, he makes people sleep with the fishes. He's claiming a victory because uh, this was a rape case. And, yes, Donald Trump was was found liable for sexual abuse, but not rape. What kind of freaking victory is that? Yeah, okay, you're not a rapist, but you're you, but but you're definitely a groper. Okay, I I mean I guess, but but we still have uh, a nine person jury in a court of law saying that uh, this man is a sexual abuser. Now, to be fair, um, the threshold for finding somebody liable or guilty in a civil court is much lower than it is in a criminal court. In a criminal court, it has to be a unanimous decision. And in a civil court, it just has to be um, the majority of of the jury. So the jury was obviously split, but more jurors thought that he did sexually abuse this woman um, than not. And I, I, I mentioned it a, a few minutes ago. The interesting thing about this is that Donald Trump's team did not even bother to show up. They just went straight straight to the appeals process. And it's baffling a lot of people. And, and, and I'm wondering about the strategy myself. My best guess is this is a civil suit. It's not a criminal suit. It's not a felony. Uh, Donald Trump is uh, in uh, legal trouble um, where he's facing felonies, where he's facing federal charges. So I'm wondering if 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 Trump's team just said, "Look, um, we're just gonna we're just gonna take our lumps on this. Um, we're going to not prolong this trial. We've got that big CNN town hall tonight, which is weird. I don't know why CNN's doing a Donald Trump town hall, but maybe it's because Tucker Carlson um, is gone from Fox, 
So, um, you know, prime time cable news supremacy uh, is is up for grabs, and and this will be great for ratings. I'm sure even some Fox News watchers who are um, kind of men and women without a country until Tucker Carlson launches his Twitter show, um, they're probably not watching Fox. So hey, their man's on TV. Their man's on TV. They're gonna they migrate over there to to watch it and and maybe give CNN's prime time um, hours a little bit of a ratings boost. Uh, but back to what I was saying about my hypothesis on 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 Donald Trump's legal strategy here. Uh, perhaps they don't have the time and resources with all the felonies they're facing um, to to address a a civil suit. Maybe since it's a civil suit, five two million dollars, five million dollars is just a drop in the bucket to the former president. So I mean, I said, okay, fine. You know, we'll take our lumps. We'll get this in and out of the news cycle um, right away as quickly as possible, and then then move on with the campaign and, and our other legal battles. Uh, but you know, honestly, I, I I think these charges here um, in the court of public opinion are. Um, more heinous than the hush money because the hush money, although it's a felony, um, it it from from Donald Trump's uh, perspective, even Stormy Daniels' perspective, the sex in that case was was consensual. Um, you know, Mar-a-Lago, those documents, yeah, it's got it's got bigger worldwide implications. But the worst thing that you can be accused of is being a, a, a rapist or a murderer. And Donald Trump was accused of being a rapist. And the only place that he fought those charges, not, not in a court of law, not in a civil court, but in a number of unhinged, all-cap statements on his Truth Social page. Which, by the way, is, is there anyone on Truth Social other than Donald Trump and reporters looking to get a statement from him every time he's doing something stupid in the news? I mean, going back to Tucker Carlson, uh, the fact that he's launching his show on Twitter, it can't be good for True Social, and it can't be good for Parler. Uh, I know Rumble made him a big offer. The TV, the, the cable newses are making him big offers, but he can't um, he can't do anything till his non-competes up in, in 2025. Um, but it's just very puzzling, very puzzling as to why Donald Trump's legal team did not even show up to court uh, to fight these rape allegations um, from E. Jean Carroll. Oh, and it also looks like uh, George Santos is being uh, charged for lying to Congress, so there's that. All right, on to what I wanted to start the show with, and that was the story of me selling out hard last night. I, I'm sure if uh, you've listened to this podcast or you've seen my post on social media, I've been uh, complaining up a storm about Ticketmaster dynamic pricing and the the cost of Blink-182 tickets that were not affordable to me. But uh, a friend of mine contacted me yesterday, uh, last week and said, hey, a friend of a friend is trying to sell his Blink-182 tickets for face value you want in. And I said, hell yeah, man. So they were nosebleeds. They're at Little Caesars Arena. And it's, uh, I, I got to say, when I go to concerts, before the concert, I am such a grouch. I don't know if it's because of the anticipation or my body's um, storing all of its serotonin for the concert itself, but 
Uh, before a concert, I'm such a crank. I mean, I'm I'm up there um, in the upper bowl of Little Caesars Arena saying, man, they did a really crappy job on this upper bowl. Um, it's very steep. It looks like I, anyone sitting in that upper bowl, uh, if they just lean forward, could fall to their death. The uh, seats aren't much more spacious than what was at uh, Joe Louis Arena. Uh, the cheap seats at Little C's Arena definitely feel like cheap seats. But once the show started, um, you know, it, I, I'm not a big nostalgia guy. I think that nostalgia ruins a lot of people's lives and, and causes a lot of depression because no matter where you are in life, you look back five years ago and life seemed better than that uh, than it is now. And I guess with COVID, that's that's true. But, um, you know, as human beings, we tend to put rose-colored glasses on. Uh, but uh, it was great. You know, I'm a big Skiba guy, big Matt Skiba guy. I think that a lot of Blink fans tossed him aside once Tom decided to rejoin the band. Uh, but the, the split was uh, was amicable. Uh, both the band and, and Matt Skiba were, were very classy about it. Matt Skiba even said... Hey, I, I've been waiting for Tom to get back too. I knew that I was a placeholder here, um, and and Tom's back. All's right with the world, and he's he's off recording with with Alkaline Trio, uh, who I'm technically a b- bigger Alkaline Trio fan than than Blink One Eighty Two fan. But um, you know, watching them last night, and by the way, uh, Blink One Eighty Two learned to play their instruments all of a sudden, which is great. They they sounded fantastic. I remember uh, growing up during their heyday, the knock on them is they're a fun band to watch live. Um, you know, if you know their songs, they could be sitting up, they could be up there singing uh, to no instrumentation at all. You still have a great time. Um, their onstage banter uh, was a selling point, but they never sounded great live during the Enema of the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket era. Uh, but they sounded fantastic last night, and 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 you know Tom and Mark belong together, um, and and that was the big draw. It was the reunion of the classic Blink One Eighty Two lineup, not the original because Travis is the original drummer, but uh, the classic Blink One Eighty Two lineup. And to me, it was also about Mark being back on stage after battling cancer, which he made reference to. Um, during the breakdown of um, What's My Age Again and, you know, got choked up a little bit. Um, and, and I think Blink-182, um, they're kind of like the Beach Boys. They kind of seem like they're eternal teenagers for those of us who grew up listening to them in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, every, every, everyone had a friend like Mark. Everyone had a friend like Tom. And... Also, grown-up male friendships really kind of get to me because as you get older, it's harder to maintain your friendships. And the fact that Mark and Tom have had so many falling outs and that they're back together and and, and kind of um, back to where they were in the heyday, um, it's it's a feel-good story. So thanks to uh, my friend's friend, for um, uh, hooking me up with some face value tickets and had a hell of a time. Talk to you next time.